This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by Brandon Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And Brandon, we had a little bit of a switch to the schedule. Last week, we're like, we're going to talk about the Big 12. Yay, Big 12. This week, we go, nope, that's going to be next week. Let's talk about the Big 10. And I'm very excited to talk about the Big Ten. It's a conference that really is on the rise, and I think a lot of people have to give it a lot of respect and give it a lot of looks. Now, I just want to say right now, Big 12 country, do not get mad at us. We are going to get to you next week. The reason why we're going Big Ten right now is there's been some news in the Big Ten that have came out this week and some events that happened on uh, ESPN Radio that we had to talk about, and just so they're relevant, we decided to do the Big Ten preview this week. But first thing we got to get to, Brandon, is Ohio State. Defending champions, defending college football playoff champions, you can say the first ever. They defeated the Oregon Ducks, and the biggest news coming out of their camp this week is that Broxton Miller, the quarterback that got injured, the first starting quarterback for the Buckeyes that got injured, he ain't going anywhere. He's going to stay in Buckeye country and try to win our championship with the Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State really ran into some bad luck last year. They had about 12 quarterbacks go down for them. But I think one thing that they're really happy about is that they have a lot of quarterback depth. That's one thing that it showed them, that they have a lot of talent at the quarterback position. And anybody who they put in that position did well until they like broke their leg. But I think that with, with Braxton Miller coming back, that's huge for Ohio State. They were great last year. We knew they were going to be good again this year, but knowing that he's coming back and coming back healthy, that's huge for them. That gives them a ton of momentum that boosts them high in the polls. That's going to be very, very good for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Well, he's healthy, but the thing is, he's not 100%. Is They were saying he's got a few doctor's visits. We don't know if he's ever going, like, how soon he's going to come back to 100% Broxton Miller. But the thing is, if you can get Broxton Miller back, that is going to help you. And like you said, they had three starting quarterbacks last season. Well, they had Broxton Miller. 2013 was the last season he played. Last year it was JT Barrett and Cardell Jones who won them the national title, you can say. And I'm going to just throw it out to you. This is a question that all of Buckeye Nation wants to answer. Don't give me a Jim Harbaugh answer, Brandon. We're going to get to that joke later. But who are you? If you are Urban Meyer, who are you starting at quarterback day one? Miller, Barrett, Jones. I think that's really hard. I think if I'm Urban Meyer, I really have a, a, good problem a, to have. a, a tough decision. But it, 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 it's it a is, great problem to have. It's a very good problem to have. Many people may not agree with me here, but if I'm Urban Meyer, I'm going with Cardale Jones. And I'm going with Cardale Jones because he won you the big game. He won you the national title game. And he got you there, in a sense, with help from the other quarterbacks. But at the end, it was Cardale Jones. And to not be able to give him the opportunity to start this next season, I feel like you have to. See, I'm... I'm on the other side with the 
it's either Miller or Barrett. Jones is not even in the discussion to me because the main thing I can't help but think about, yes, it's important that Jones played well in the, especially the two games in the, I wanted to say the tournament, but the playoffs, the college playoffs, because he finished with about a 60% completion percentage, about 860 yards, seven touchdowns, only two interceptions. And most of the, every one of those games came after Michigan. We're even going to put the big 10 title game into that. In the big 10 title game, he had zero touchdowns or three, zero rushing. He had three touchdowns through the air, but then he only had one single touchdown against Alabama and Oregon and the big thing I can't help but think of, yes, he threw three touchdowns against Wisconsin in the conference title game, but that defense shut out the Badgers, and they beat them 59 to nothing to just get into the playoff. Then the defense had some big plays against Alabama, and also Ezekiel Elliott was another key that helped you win that game. Then against Oregon, I that game still haunts me because I wanted Oregon to win that game. I wanted the Ducks to hoist that trophy. And to me, the Ducks and Mariota did not put on their best game. And I feel like, yes, Cardell Jones did enough to not hurt his team, but was it more of a defensive effort? Was it all because the entire Buckeye team was clicking why they won the title? You know, I don't, it helps when the entire team is clicking. It totally does. Everyone knows that. But at the same time, Cardale Jones is the quarterback, was the quarterback, is the team leader on the field. I think we've talked about this before off air and maybe even on, but the quarterback is so crucial and so important to the success of a team that offense does not work well unless Cardale Jones is good. Cardale Jones was good, hence everyone else is good, and there's a lot of success. There was a lot of success, and I think it's going to continue if Jones is in there. Not to say it wouldn't continue if the other two were in there, but Jones, I think right now, is your guy. There's no reason to say he's not. He didn't show any signs of why he shouldn't be. He realizes he has room to mature. He could have tried to go to the NFL. Probably could have made it somewhere. But he, he could have, but, but I, but the thing I is, don't so, think he would have. But it's that maturity factor. It's that maturity factor. He's ready for the next level. He's ready for the next level in college. Give it to him. See, and this is the thing, and I'm going back to the numbers, is there's been, if you look at them, yes, Mariota, about two, maybe three touchdowns a game for him. But if you look at, the kind of style that Oregon had played with, Ohio State threw them off their game. And part of me goes, was it the coach? Was it the defense? Was it maybe Ezekiel Elliott's performance, especially late in that Alabama game? I'm not trying to take everything away from Cardell Jones. He had the hardest responsibility, I think, of anybody in the college football playoff. You come in, you haven't played at all. You were the third stringer. Now you're the starting quarterback for the Big Ten title game and the college football playoffs. But I think if you put Cardell Jones in, you're telling JT Barrett, yeah, what you did before that, 
doesn't matter. Broxton Miller, what you did before that doesn't matter. It's the same thing no matter who he goes with. Because if he goes with either Barrett or with Miller, he's then saying to Cardale Jones, what you did for us winning the national title game means nothing. Means nothing. So this is, again, we said it at the beginning, a very tough decision for Urban Meyer, a great problem to have, but he's going to make one guy happy and maybe feeling uneasy while the other two are going to be maybe unhappy, hopefully supportive but of the decision, but at the same time, both thinking, I could have this job. I'm good enough. I have mm-hmm. the job. I should have it. You know, so it, it, it's it's very difficult. It's a dicey situation, but it's a situation that Urban Meyer is going to have to deal with, and thank goodness I'm not him. Yeah, and I'm just, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it, why I would, um, my for sure answer, you're going Jones, I'd go Miller, because if we go back to the 2013 season, the last season that Miller played, the Buckeyes went 12-0 and that season before losing in the title game to a very good 10th overall ranked Michigan State team, and then they lost in the Orange Bowl to the number 8 Clemson Tigers by 5 points. Thriller of a game. That's what you're going to get when Broxton Miller comes back. Broxton Miller, just like Cardell Jones, is an NFL talent. If he plays this year, plays well. He's going to be one of the guys that we talk about. What we talk about here, we'll talk about on the onside kick with me and Mark come NFL draft time. I just think that Broxton Miller, he's got one year left. You give it because the way you put it was it doesn't matter who you put in. It's going to be the same product. Why not give Miller the shot because it's his last season? Cardell Jones still has three more seasons. I mean, or two more. He's got multiple compared to Broxton Miller. And to me, Miller is the, I would say, more mature product. I know you say Cardell Jones could come out. I think it was great that he stayed because the only reason he would come out is, great, I'm a top five pick and I'm going to get my money. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah, people aren't going to scout. And the thing, and we saw it with so many players that come out of college, once you enter the draft pro, like the draft just process, scouts pick at everything. They will find something about you that they do not like, and they won't draft you. They they leave no stone unturned because if they do, you can hurt their team. I'm not saying that unless there is. you're the New England Patriots because they found out everything they needed to about Aaron Hernandez and they still took him. I'm just saying there's not going to be well, and that's another reason why the NFL now does this. You're not going to be. You weren't going to beat Mariota. You weren't going to beat Winston. I don't think you even get drafted in the first round. Maybe early second. If you're Cardell, it come back. He doesn't need to start. You can go with Miller. However, the Ohio State Buckeyes, to me, are a team that, besides their, I'm just going to say this, besides their first game of the year at Virginia Tech, they're a team that can go right back to the college football playoff. They can go right back. And that is weird because last year at this time, we were saying, oh, well, the Big Ten, the Big Ten's going to be the conference left out of the playoff because they're just not that strong of a conference. That's what we were saying last year. And it's just amazing how one season, one national champion later, 
everyone's saying, oh, the Big Ten, it went from the Big Ten is nothing to the Big Ten is on the rise. It's the Colin Cowherd used in an interview with Jim Har or yeah, Jim Harbaugh. It's a buy now. You're buying it. You're buying it, not selling the Big Ten. It's a buy conference. Well, a final question I've got for you. This is a for Ohio State. For Ohio State. Okay, shoot. Are, is it realistic to think that they will split time between Jones and Miller? No. Urban Meyer goes one quarterback. However, that leads to the question, what's the probability Miller or even Barrett injured? Injured again. Well, JT Barrett, we don't even know if he's going to be healthy day one because he got injured last regular season game. But for Miller, what's maybe, is there a probability that he could get re-injured? Cardell Jones doesn't have that injury history. You, I, I guess you don't really need to have an injury history to get injured, but I, I but people don't talk about it if you don't have it. That's no, what I'm tr- saying. true. But at the same time, Miller, you'd like to believe that he's going to be healthy then for the the rest of this season. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you're Urban Meyer in your head too, you're thinking, okay, Miller's got one more year. This is his last year. Cardale Jones. People were looking at him last year to potentially go into the draft. Maybe he goes this next year, after this next year. I want to get them both as much time as I can to be able to prove themselves in the final stretch. If Cardell Jones rides the bench, he does not leave. He will not leave if he rides the bench. If Miller's the starter, Miller leaves, you still get Cardell. That's what I'm saying. If you start Cardell Jones, Cardell does great this season. He leaves, Miller leaves. Now you're out two quarterbacks. How does that work? You you recruit? You do, but, I mean, if you have a guy who you can kind of keep here an extra season to help you win and then help his— It's not like Cardell Jones, if he doesn't start this year, he's not going to be good enough to go to the NFL. We know he's going to be good enough to get to the NFL. I'm coming from the aspect of, and I know that this is a— kind of foreign aspect now, the wait your turn. College sports used to be the senior gets it, the sophomore waits. The senior gets it, the junior waits kind of a thing. Used to. It used to. Now it's, hey, freshman, all blue chip quarterback out of high school comes in and starts and takes the mantle from Johnny Manziel. Used a Texas A&M reference there. That's how it is now. It's kind of an evolving game, but I want to get to a team much like, well, I say much like Ohio State because there's a huge rivalry between them. We'll go across from red to blue now. And Ohio State fans are probably getting mad at me, but we got to talk about the Michigan Wolverines. And before we get into anything about how Jim Harbaugh is going to change the Wolverines, what to expect this season, we got to talk about Jim Harbaugh as a person because he went on Colin Cowherd this week in an attempt to, whenever you're a college coach, let's say we had Urban Meyer on the podcast, you bring him on the podcast to kind of talk about his team, to sell his program to anybody who's going to listen. Jim Harbaugh, and if you have not heard this interview, pause the podcast. I'm going to leave the link down below in the description for you guys. You got to check this out. Colin Cowherd said it great. It's a clunker of an interview. You got to do better than what Jim Harbaugh did. If someone asks you an open-ended question, you have to be able to talk, right? 
You can't just say, like, if I said, Brandon, what'd you have for breakfast? And you go, eggs. It was really sad. Painful. Painful. And I don't know, coming from a standpoint of anyone who knows how to speak a sentence correctly, they would be very unhappy with the Harbaugh interview. Overall, it was a joke. It was terrible. It taught us nothing about what he wants to do with the program. Like it I taught said. us nothing about what J- Jim Harbaugh thinks about anything. It, it didn't help us to get inside the mind of Jim Harbaugh. However, if you did believe that you got inside the mind of Jim Harbaugh, it's a really dark, boring place. Like I said, you can hit pause, check the link out below, but I'm going to ask you a question that Cowherd asked Harbaugh in that interview. And I want you to give me an answer because obviously no one's going to get an answer from uh, Big Time Jim up in Ann Arbor. But if you are Jim Harbor, or nah, I said Jim Harbor, Jim Harbaugh, and you're on the plane heading from San Francisco to Ann Arbor, you've got the yellow legal pad there, you got your pen, you're twirling it, it's a Michigan pen that you have in your hand. What's the first thing you do? The first thing you change at Michigan? The first thing I change at Michigan? Well, I I don't know necessarily if, if I want to say change the culture, but we've got to change what it was to something new of we are here to win. We will expect and accept you're nothing com- less. Because you're coming out of the Brady Hoke era. Yeah where Brady Hoke at the end of his time at Michigan was not a liked guy. Kind of, I saw from Michigan fans, they kind of saw him as you ruined our tradition kind of a thing. We were great and you ruined us. You made us a joke. That's what I was coming across as from Michigan fans to Brady Hoke. Yeah, that's that's what I'm I, that's what I'm kind of putting down in in a sense. I I'm writing on that on that legal pad. I'm putting down Winning is everything at this point. I I understand, you know, it's about, you know, having fun kind of. But at at this point, you're in college. This is a Big Ten program. You are supposed to win. Be competitive. Get back to being competitive. I will say from what you said, you said change the philosophy. Sometimes if that's the very first thing you do, you don't win right away. We see at Illinois right now, the first thing Beckman did when he came in, Oh, I, ch- I had to change the philosophy, but I'm not saying change the philosophy. I'm cha- saying change the philosophy back, back to, to what winning it was. And the tradition. So that shouldn't be hard. Can I tell you one thing you do? You maybe, can tell me two things maybe, if you'd like. Maybe one A or you do this before that. You find yourself a quarterback because I love how I think it was right before Cowherd's interview with Harbaugh. He said that you got to think Pete Carroll's first year at USC was a 6 and 6 season. You can't turn it over overnight. Maybe if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I look at this class and I go, "Where's my quarterback?" "Where's my quarterback?" I find him because if you just look at the Big 10 East alone, you have Ohio State has 3 of them in Miller, Barrett, and Jones. Michigan State has Connor Cook. You have Penn State has Christian Hackenberg. Those are some of the big-time quarterbacks that you have to go up against. Then if we go over into 
the West, they're kind of lower end, but you have West Lunt at Illinois. You have you have more rebuilding programs over there. West Lunt is really, to me, the only big-time quarterback in the West. But your division, because Michigan's in the East, Hackenberg, Cook, and the trio at Ohio State, we'll say. The triplets at Ohio State, I guess we could say. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that you, you come in, if you're, if you're Jim Harbaugh and you're, you're looking to see where you can, what positions are really stable and what positions you really need to sure up. And, and I think that the quarterback position could be pretty stable. I mean, they're getting a, a, a Iowa transfer who, you know, who started 25 games for them last year. I, I think that for, for Iowa, that is, but I think that here at Michigan, he could do some good things. I mean, you know, I, you, you got to look at it. And it's one of those things you don't know necessarily what you're going to get from a guy who hasn't played with you before. But he's a senior. Jake Ruddick, he's a gonna he's a smart guy. I don't know. I think Jim Harbaugh can work with him. But if he acts anywhere near what he how he acted on Cowherd Short show, he's a joke. Mm-hmm. And I just I'm looking a little bit right now at the other quarterbacks you have to deal with, not just Wes Lunt. You got to deal with um, Joel Stavi with Washington. There's Mick Leadner with Minnesota. And those are some teams that, to me, especially in the West, where Minnesota, they surprised me. They were a second team in the West. Nebraska, how are they going to do under new head coach? But if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I think... Six and six is the goal. I know you were five and seven last year, but six and six is the goal because, I mean, you start the season Thursday night primetime game on Fox Sports 1 at Utah. Then you got to play Oregon State. Oregon State in the Pac-12 may be a pushover, but it's still a power five game. You lose that, you're out of, I mean, it's kind of absurd with Michigan to say you're out of the college football playoffs, but you also got to play BYU. They're a team that can upset you. I mean, the good thing for you is that Michigan State and Ohio State are home games this year. They're going to be in the big house. So, I mean, you've got that going for you, but I look at this Big Ten kind of a slate, Maryland toss-up, Northwestern Michigan wins. Michigan loses to Michigan State. They can lose to Minnesota. They'll beat Rutgers, beat Indiana, and then could lose to Penn State and Ohio State. So just right there, Indy, Rutgers, Northwestern, maybe Maryland, that's four wins in your conference. And if you split the non-conference games, that's six wins. Well, let me just say this. I don't think that Michigan's going to be this great team this year. I mean, they're they're not going to be. I, I think that... There were so many penalties that they had last year. The mental errors were terrible. I think they're overall their offense. And Jim Harbaugh, he's going to change that. Yeah, because because if you have mental errors or if you have a lot of penalties, it's not going to be good for you. Let's put it this way. His San Francisco team was good. They went to how many straight NFC title games? But the thing is, is with college football – it's not the same as the NFL. In the NFL, you can kind of mediocrely get your way to the sixth seed and then hit a spark in the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl. 
in college football, it kind of seems like, especially late in the season, you have to be hitting that stride when conference season comes along and kind of play good the whole way through because the selection committee, we saw how they were going to be next year, and your fate's kind of in their hands compared to winning it on your own in the NFL. Let me give you a couple of numbers. So last year, the Wolverines, they end the season with the Big Ten's number 14-ranked total offense, number 13-ranked scoring offense, and 20.9 points per game, and number 10 overall in pass efficiency with a 109.7. Poor rubble. Harbaugh's going to change that. He is. It's just, to me, I'm telling Big Blue Nation right now, do not expect... don't expect anything great. To me, a six-win season is perfect because I think they'll lose to Utah, and they may lose either to UNLV or BYU. And They're me, not going to win all four or three of their non-conference games. It's just not going to happen. And let me ask you this. So Jim Harbaugh, in the offseason, hot commodity for college football teams. Jim Harbaugh has had a lot of success there in the past. Do you think that we could see something just out of left field? He comes into Michigan and things don't work out. Things will work out to the fact where, like I I'm kind of stuck on the six win season. The things you will see things get better. Next year is going to be that come out of left field kind of a season because he came in late, didn't get the recruits he wants. He may be a clunker of an interview, but I don't think he needs, and it sounds weird to say, I don't think he needs to be that outgoing to get kids in because what's going to get kids in the door now is a, a six win season. You can prove to them, Hey, we're on the rise. Things are going to get better kids in, especially Michigan. If you want to go to Michigan, you want to play for that big yellow M and the tradition that's behind it, and you want to play for Harbaugh. Those two things intertwined together are going to bring in recruits. And I feel like Jim Harbaugh is going to have a knockout class in 2016, and they're just going to sweep right through and just be a storm next season. Things are going to be on the rise for Michigan. It's just not going to be this year. It's just not going to be this year, but... The one big guy, let's go quarterback again. Connor Cook, Michigan State. What's your expectation for the Spartans? Expectation for the Spartans is, is pretty high. I think one the- game, one game away from playing Wisconsin, virtually two games away from possibly being a playoff team. I think that Michigan State is going to be coming back, and I, I, I really think that they're going to be red hot this year. I mean, they're a, are, they are a good team, and they seem to just get better and better. And I think that you look at uh, their different positions, I think it's going to be a really interesting um, look at their tailback position with the competition that's there. I think they've got a couple of good ones. It's going to be really interesting to see the production that they get from the quarterback, and I Oh, I can't I, wait I, to see Connor Cook. I, I know that, and I, I want to apologize a little bit because I feel like that's what we're talking about a lot today. It's, it's quarterback, 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 quarterback. But especially when we're just the, dissing defenses. But the Big Ten is becoming a quarterback conference if it wasn't already. 
It just is. It is. I mean, you even look at, and I can say this now without sounding ludicrous because they're actually in the Big Ten. You look at Illinois. A few years ago, their big transfer that they had come in, quarterback Wes Lunt from Oklahoma State. You have guys like, and I'm going to say one right now because I feel like I'm going to make a comparison here with Kirk Cousins to Connor Cook. Connor Cook, to me, is in that same mold of Kirk Cousins. And if he can have the same kind of senior season that Cousins had while at Michigan State, Michigan State could do some good things. We have to go back to the, I want to say it was the 2011 season, was Cousins last season. Cousins threw for over 3,000 yards, 25 to 10 touchdown to interception ratio. That's pretty good. That's pretty good for a quarterback in the Big Ten. I know things have changed in four years, but you think back to that season, the 2011 season, they lose their third game of the season to a red-hot Notre Dame. They lose to a number 13th-ranked Nebraska team, and they lose in the Big Ten title game to uh, number 15, Wisconsin. I have a really quick question for you. When, When you look at their schedule... For this year? Yes, for this year. How many hard games do you think they actually have? Competitive games. I'll give you this. I'll give you their hard games. I don't want to get too much into it because this is going to be a team that I know me and you, when we announce our top 25, are going to preview because I'll give you a spoiler alert. They're in the top 25. Um, Oregon. Oregon. Ohio State. Penn State. And see, I virtually went. like I want it. Part of me wants to say, like teams like Nebraska, that's teams who like I Maryland. Said. But I would here, have said I would have said Oregon, Ohio State, and Nebraska. See, but the thing about Nebraska, they're not a Bo team anymore. They don't have Bo Pelini as their head coach. They brought in Mike Riley from Oregon State. So I just don't know what to think of Nebraska because it's kind of like a kind of a similar situation to Jim Harbaugh, except Nebraska's not as bad image wise where all of their bad imagery last year, they're still not, they were nine and four last year, five and three in the conference finished third in the West behind Wisconsin and Minnesota. I just don't know what to take from them because it's one of those seasons when you get a new coach coming in, what's going to happen? What is going to happen? I mean, that's always a question mark. You can you can never know what's going to happen with your program with a new coach. You don't know, are you going to have, wow, just a breakout season with him? Everyone buys in right away, which is exactly what you hope for and what you want. Or do you have a four-win season and it was a struggle, but we have a lot to build on for next year? You never know. See, and i that's the thing about Nebraska. I don't know. They also, and I hate to harp on the offensive side of things, they don't hear, have Amir Abdullah anymore. One of the top rushers, not only in the country, but in the Big Ten. So, to me, Nebraska is a huge question mark. I still feel like this conference, and Maryland too. Maryland and Rutgers are going to be interesting because... 
I feel like although Rutgers went three and five, they may fall. Penn State, see, Penn State's a great example of the first year head coach. James Franklin comes in, takes over the kind of, I kind of don't want to call it a mess because I feel like Bill O'Brien kind of pulled him out of the Sandusky cloud before he left and went back to the NFL. But you look at Franklin, his first year with the Nittany Lions, two and six in conference, although they did sweep their non-conference for a good seven and six overall record, but still two and six in the conference. That's what you got to harp on. And I don't know if Nebraska is going to take that kind of a spill. Rutgers to me was one game from being just in that ballpark. I mean, Maryland for their first year in the Big Ten last year was an even 500 team in the conference. But I feel like, I feel like to me, Ohio State and Michigan State, it's going to come down to that game. Whoever wins it is going to win the East, go on to the Big Ten title game. I kind of feel like either Maryland or Penn State's going to be third. Michigan will probably finish fifth in the in the East. And then in the West, I feel like I kind of feel like Wisconsin's still gonna win the West. Nebraska and Minnesota may fight it out for second and third, and then we'll see what happens from Iowa, Illinois, Northwestern, and Purdue. Yeah, I, I agree kind of with your assessment there. One of the things that I wanted to jump in on was being able if you're if you're the head coach coming in saying you, you talked about the record in the conference, those are the biggest games. Yep. Those are the biggest games. I mean, if you can win in your conference, then you can win out of your conference and be competitive outside. But if you it doesn't matter if you win all these non conference games, but you're crap in the conference, that does nothing for you. Nothing for you at all. So that's why as a new head coach coming in and saying Hey, these conference games, okay, all these games are important. But every single conference game that is highlighted on the schedule, those are the games that are going to be dogfights. Those are the games we have to win. So here's the one thing. I'm going to ask you one more question about another team. Then we're going to do a segment, kind of what, what me and Dave Oster did on the fast break this week. A little bit of buy or sell with the Big Ten teams that we have not talked in depth about. But... Last question I want to ask, because we talked about this on a previous primetime podcast episode, was Illinois coming into the season. Of course, there's not huge kind of expectations. Yeah, they went to their first bowl game last year, but is that going to happen? Is lightning going to strike twice? The question I want to ask you is, if you are put yourself in Tim Beckman's shoes, how do you come in game one Friday night against Kent State and put everything that has happened with this university, with not just the allegations against you and your staff, but the allegations against the women's basketball coaching staff, everything that has happened this offseason for Illinois. How do you put that behind you? I think it's easy. You say we're here to play football. Guys, this week, the week preparing for it, we are here to play football. We're here to get a win week one. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to think about. But how do you get us to stop talking about it? You're not going to. You're not 
going to because it's something to be able to talk about. The media gets bored. So when they're bored and they have no new story, they go back to the same old story and try and dig up as much as they can on that. Simple as that. The media will never stop talking about what they want to talk about. They have their own agenda. They know what it is. They go after it. But at the same time, the people they're talking about, Tim Beckman, everyone Within Illinois, they have to move on. They have to be able to go and do their job. He has to do his job as the football coach. The team has to do their job as the football team and the players. They have to be able to go out and win and be able to practice well and have a good week of practice and not worry about it. I'd say don't watch the news tonight. Nothing's good on it. Nothing good is on anyways. I'm going to translate what you just said. You want to know what my translation was, what I was hearing you say? Just win. Because if you win... You give them that to talk about. If you lose, no one wants to talk about a loss, so they're going to find things to talk about. And the one thing I will say, this is kind of me coming out as an Illinois fan, is I kind of a little bit of me feel sorry for Tim Beckman because every time something good happens, like, oh, we make our first bowl game, we got six wins, we've got a nice hot receiver in Mikey Dudek who's injured coming into the seasons, not going to play till probably October. But once something good happens for Beckman, something bad counteracts it. And I feel like the average is going to get over that hump and finally have a good program. But let's get into the buy or sell. We'll start with Illinois. Are you buying or selling Illinois as a good, we'll say as a, we'll do this as a bowl, bowl team, buy or sell Illinois as a bowl team. You know, I'm going to buy them. I'm going to buy them because I think that after how they finished last year, they go 6-7 and seven overall, 3-5 and five in the conference. They've got something to build on. So I'm going to buy them. I am on the line. I want to buy them. I probably am going to buy them. The one big thing that's going to hurt, your number one wide receiver, Mikey Dudek, who's going to come out and be a sophomore this season, He's got an ACL injury. He's not going to play. If he recovers and does an AP-like recovery, he's not playing till late October, maybe mid-October. The good teams find, find a, a way, way yeah, I know. to I know. win. I knew you were going to say that. We do have Geronimo Allison, though. If Allison can step up, be the senior leader, I'm buying Illinois. Let's stay in Illinois. Northwestern, you buying buying them or selling them? They were five and seven last year. I'm gonna sell them. I just don't think that Northwestern's quite there yet. I hate Northwestern, so I'll sell them every day of the week. <laughs> Cannot stand. They are not Chicago's Big Twelve, our Big Ten team. Illinois' Big Ten team, country here in Illinois, because I said so. Because I speak for the city of Chicago. That's just who I am. I'm the voice of Chicago, Brandon. You know it. As Brandon's sitting there laughing at me, but. Northwestern, I got to sell them. They got nothing good. I feel like this is the beginning of maybe the end of Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. You know, I, I don't know. I just don't think that Northwestern is, they're just not a, they're, I don't want to say they're not a strong program because I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but at the same time, they're not a strong program. They don't have they don't have what Ohio State has. They don't have what Michigan State has. They don't even have what Wisconsin and Nebraska have. They they don't have that that top tier quarterback. Mm-hmm. They don't have that bruising running back that people are gonna be talking about. They just don't have someone like that, a standout. 
we're going to group these together, and I feel like this is going to be short because they're both going to be sells from us. Indiana and Purdue. Both sells, or are you buying one of them? I'm selling both of them. One and seven from Indiana, I don't think. Yeah, they went four and eight, but I don't think they have enough to get into a bowl game. Purdue went three and nine. I think they're going to stay in the cellar in the West. Yeah, I'm going to sell them too, but we're not going to get much for them. Here's one we talked about, but I'm still going to ask it because they didn't make a bowl game. Buy or sell Michigan as a bowl team. You already know my answer because I told you how many wins I thought they were going to get. Buy or sell Michigan as a bowl team. As a bowl team. I... I don't think so. See, I'm buying them. I'm saying six wins for Michigan. I don't think so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, season. I'm gonna sell them away. I'm gonna sell them away because I just question marks. Jim Harbaugh question marks question marks. Jim Harbaugh may be a bad interview, but he is going to show he's a good coach, knows what he's talking about, and that's why I I fear Michigan a little bit. I fear what they can become. And if I'm Urban Meyer, Dan Antoni, I'm sitting there maybe peeking in my rearview mirror like, uh, Jim's coming. Maybe not in this this year, but Jim's coming. And 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 the reason I'm selling is not because he had a poor interview with Colin Coward. No, I'm, you I'm, just I'm think selling, that I'm, it's hard to flip over a team in your first year. I'm, That's what you're I, saying. Yeah, and I'm selling them because I think that there's too much to fix on offense and the productivity to get them there. Last one, Penn State. <laughs> buying or selling Penn State? I'm gonna buy them. See, I'm gonna see. This is the thing, James Franklin to me. Good coach when he was at Vanderbilt. What can you do with Penn State? I will buy them, but for one reason. Christian Hackenberg. Yep, Again, same, we're, going, we're going back to these quarterbacks, Brandon. Just call the Big Ten quarterback you. That's what you call him. I know that I think it's what? USC is trying to become wide receiver you, and you have UCLA coming out with the, U, like the YouTube recruitment videos of, oh, we're linebacker you. The Big Ten is becoming quarterback just use all over the place. You need a good quarterback to win. That just comes in college football. Hackenberg knows what he's doing. Let's see what he can do as he matures as an older quarterback. I'm buying him. I think they're going to make a bowl game again. And I will say this. They're going to win a couple more games in the conference. They won't be 2-6 and six this season. No, Penn, Penn State, they, they've... They've got some things going for him with Hackenberg. He's more of a veteran quarterback. It's it's time for him really to start taking them places. And uh, you know, not saying that this could be the year where they just dazzle everybody because I'm not sure that will be it. But this definitely is a year that they're going to a bowl game. Any last things you want to talk about before we wrap this puppy up? I don't think so. I just want to reemphasize again that this is a year definitely to take a look at the quarterbacks in this conference in the Big Ten, and and not just the quarterbacks that we necessarily talked about. Take a look at some of the quarterbacks at Illinois, at Iowa. Look at what they're doing and and, and see what what they're trying to come up with because now, more than ever, that's where the recruiting has to be a focus is the quarterback because those teams have got to be looking at Ohio State and Michigan State going, wow, that's where their success is coming from, the quarterback position. Super important, we all know that. But definitely take a look. Like I said, those teams like Illinois, Iowa, Purdue, those are the teams that are really going to have to start trying to get a good quarterback. doesn't hurt to have a good running back to uh, complement your quarterback as well. Wisconsin, top of their division, had Melvin Gordon, went to the Chargers in the draft. Nebraska had Amir Abdullah. 
Ezekiel Elliott. You had Jeremy Langsford, who got drafted for Michigan State. That quarterback to running back uh, kind of fit is what really rules when we get into the Big Ten. Comes down to this. If you have good players, you're going to be freaking good. Yeah, that's just bottom line. That's the way to say it nice and simple for us, for everyone to understand. But that's going to do it for our Big Ten preview here on the Primetime Podcast. Make sure to check out our first preview we did of the ACC. You can go ahead and find that on our YouTube and SoundCloud channels. Tell us down below. In the comment section, what you thought of today's podcast, anything we talked about. What do you think? Who would you start for Ohio State? What do you think Michigan's going to do? Who's going to be the surprise team this year in the Big Ten Conference? Tell us that down below. You can follow me personally on Twitter, at Ricky Widmer. Brandon is at Young underscore Swan 19. You can follow Most Valuable Podcast on Twitter, at Most Valuable Pod. I want to thank everybody for listening today if you like the video hit the like button if you loved it hit that subscribe button and as always have a good day everybody thank you for listening to this mvp podcast follow us on twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts